This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Home Gadget Geeks, show number 214, released or recorded on May 14th, 2015. T-minus 10, 9, 8, 7, 6, 5, all three engines up and burning, 2, 1, 0, and liftoff, the final liftoff of Eclipse. Here at Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their way into your home. News, reviews, product updates, and conversation, all for the average tech guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the Average TV studios in rainy Bellevue, Nebraska today. A little bit of rain on in the forecast. I think we've had rain seven out of nine days, so we're, we're looking for some sunshine. And, of course, we post the show with world-class show notes out at TheAverageGuy.tv. If you have questions, comments, or contributions, of course, you can co- you can contact the show. Send us an email, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. You can find me on Twitter at Jay Collison, or you can now call in those questions, 402, write this down, 402 478 Stop driving. Write it down. 402-478-8450. And uh, we'll play those questions. And actually, we've gotten a couple comments. We'll play those at the end of the show tonight uh, from some folks. And so hang tight for those comments as well. But I appreciate you calling those in. A little easier than sending an email. And uh, so we'll we'll cover a few of those tonight. The Average Guy TV, of course, is powered by Maple Grove. Uh, partners web hosting get secure reliable high speed hosting from people that you know of course it's Christian over at Maple Grove Partners and uh, you can get more information about that over at Maple Grove Partners and like I said he's got a couple he's got room for a couple more people if you want to jump in at 10 bucks a month for his uh, services maplegrovepartners.com and we want to thank Roger although tonight ooh, we never got that done usually we stream over to terrestrial radio over at uh, WLMN radio and I forgot to get all the login stuff for Mike Weaker. So we're not doing that tonight, but uh, typically we are doing that. And then, of course, Home Gadget Geeks is a part of the Geeks Network. Find the links for this show and many other great podcasts. And I was looking at my stats tonight, and we've been getting a few referrals from that Geeks Network. So thegeeksnetwork.com, and uh, there's some great podcasts over there as well. You can join us in chat, watch or listen live on YouTube or on Spreaker. I'm uh, slowing down on the Mixler feed just because they limited me to an hour. I used to have this three-hour feed. Now it's an hour. And, of course, all the navigation you'll ever need is over at theaverageguy.tv. All right, well, we've got an all- Microsoft show tonight. We've got a lot of things to talk about. There's been tons of things that's been going on around the Microsoft space. I'll be honest, I've had trouble keeping up over the last couple of weeks. It's hard to be just a mere mortal who works all day and then comes home and tries to consume everything that's going on in the space. But Rich Hay is back from Windows Observer. Rich, thanks for, uh, for coming on the show tonight. Great to have you back. Thanks for having me on, Jim. I appreciate it. I appreciate your patience. I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm on the road today, so I luckily made it to my destination in Fayetteville and uh, was able to get connected and everything. So I'm looking forward to talking a little Microsoft because it has been crazy, crazy, hectic the last few weeks. Yeah, it's been it has been insane. Before we jump on Microsoft, let me cover a little housekeeping on that. I uh, want to let you know we've been partnering with Silicon Prairie News over the last uh, couple weeks, and they actually featured us. They have a little banner ad over there. So if you go to Silicon Prairie News, they're kind of a local tech news, small kind of tech news source here in the Midwest. So they cover Iowa, Nebraska, and Kansas. And uh, and I happen to know the managing editor over there, and so they put a little uh, little ad for us this week in uh, for Cyber Frontiers, and we'll see how well that. Does. 
does from a, a paper site. So, Ryan, thanks for the link over there. Again, Silicon Prairie News. It's a local news source here for uh, the Midwest, but a lot of great information about what's going on in Kansas City, Omaha, Des Moines, those kinds of things. So if you're local, and I'm, I'm getting notifications from a lot of local listeners lately. There's more people that listen to my show in Omaha than I thought. And Very so cool. you might want to check on. We'll thank Ryan for doing that over at Silicon Prairie News. Of course, the Home Server Show meetup is in full swing September 12th out in Indianapolis. So if you're thinking about joining us for the Home Server Show, Surface Geeks, the Average Guy Meetup, stuff going on in Indianapolis, you want to mark September 12th. And all that information I'll leave in the show notes if you want to go to the link for the official um, page over at homeservershow.com. It's got all the information you need, including how to get signed up for the hotel. That's the most important thing you need to do right now is block the rooms for the hotel. we got an $89 deal going on right now, and so you want to make sure if you're going to do that, they'll go up to 109 if you don't jump in there right now. So get that done right now. All right, Rich, Windows, Microsoft. But before we jump into that, I want to ask you this question. I never heard the story of how you ended up over at the super site. I mean, uh. you were Windows Observer, then all of a sudden you were on the super site. And so most of our listeners don't know the story. Tell me a little bit about how you ended up over there. Yeah, I, um, I mean, this August will be 20 years that Windows Observer has been around in some shape or form. I started that in August of 95. Back then it was called another Windows 95 links and resources page on GeoCities. I still remember the address, Silicon Valley Heights 1094. Um, so, but... So I'm just minding my business, doing my thing. Um, folks might know I served in the Navy for 30 years, and I retired, took a couple years off, and then I got bored and decided to go to work. And I went to work for Best Buy, which was great for a consumer perspective on understanding Microsoft technology. So I did security, asset protection for about three months, and then I spent three months working on the sales floor. Uh, never sold stuff before, but the first month was one of the highest grocers, $100,000 in revenue sold. So. I, I had a knack for talking to people and you learn what people really understood and I was there at the 8, 8.1 time frame. So I had the people coming in that were like, I hate Windows 8, can I get Windows 7? So so I did Best Buy for about six months. My plan was I finished there last April, was going to go to school full time and I got approached by a company and was offered a full time help desk job, working from home 40 hours a week doing help desk stuff. So I did that for about six months and then earlier this year, uh, around January time frame, Rod Trent, who is uh, the content director for Penton Technologies, who owns the sites like SuperSite, Windows IT Pro, SQL Pro, SharePoint Pro, Dev Pro, and stuff like that, uh, asked me how I was set, set in my current work stuff and approached me about starting to contribute because if most people know, if you're familiar with Windows and Microsoft, everybody knows Paul Therott. I've been, I've been on Paul Therott's mailing list for almost 20 years, and Paul had recently left SuperSite, started his own site at therot.com, and Rod approached me about uh, getting involved with SuperSite. And from there it went to, it was supposed to be a little test of a couple posts a week, and it turned and blossomed into a full-time contributor, and I'm having a blast. I, I'm really enjoying being on the SuperSite, working with Rod and the other folks that are there. The, the Penton itself is going through some transitions. We are making some changes to SuperSite, uh, looking more at a prosumer type 
approach as opposed to, you know, just the, the, the general consumer stuff. But that is what most people think of and see and things of that nature. So he approached me. I jumped on it. And what, a month later, I quit the help desk job because I wanted to put more time into SuperSight and got to go out to build and cover cover build for SuperSight with Rod and uh, and then of course covered Ignite from home last week while two of them were on the ground in that crazy madhouse of a conference 23,000 people um, you know I supported them from the backside you know from home so it's great yep the yeah. Rod is allowed to break NDA Oh, <laughs> I'm reading the chat room. People are interesting. Yes, it's so it's, it's, uh, it's great to be in there. It's it's it, it's kind of daunting in a sense because people say, "Oh, you replaced Paul Thorat." And my point is, no, no, no. Paul Thorat is Paul Thorat. I I just came in to give my own brand, my own style, and. Um, and I get an opportunity to. Rod allows me to speak my mind. We've had some great posts. You know, we, we report on the newsy stuff. We're not a site that's out to beat the Windows Centrals and the NeoWinds and the WinBeta.org. We're, we're never, we don't have 24-7 Manning like they do. And so, but I get an opportunity to go beyond the typical news. So, and that's what I really enjoy. Yeah. No, it's good. And then, so what's going to go on with Windows Observer and specifically your podcast? Uh, well, the podcast continues. Um, I just recorded recently, I think it was episode 165 or 166. Um, I didn't have one this week because of travel and stuff. I went up to Kentucky last week and my sister got married. And then my wife and I are on the road this week because a good friend of ours is being ordained up in Philadelphia. But um, it, So the podcast continues. Observe Tech continues. Uh, my goal is to always keep that show as it is, 30, 45-minute kind of thing, a quick snapshot of new stuff. Windows Observer is not getting any content right now because all my efforts go into a super site. And so Observer is kind of, but is a, an archive at this point. I don't, you know, at this point, I don't plan to do anything else with it except let it be an archive uh, as long as I'm contributing to super site. But uh, we do have some plans to get into some new media stuff with super site, do some podcasts. And there's a lot of interest in doing that kind of stuff over there. So. Well, Windows Observer does serve as the RSS feed for your podcast. So that's correct. At, yeah. at this point, right now, you're you're pumping your your show through that. And and that's by correct. the way, let me endorse that. That your show is one of the shows I listen to every week because I can get 35 or 40 minutes. A very you, you do a great job of being very concise and very to the point, and just it's a good overview of what's going on. If I want to know what's going on in the Windows space, and I don't want to, and I love Windows Weekly. Don't get me wrong, but right. sometimes two hours is two too hours long. is too much. Sometimes I need, I, need, yep. I need Rich's version in 35 minutes, and so yeah, that's that, and that's always been my goal to keep that like that. Yeah, no, so I'll recommend that if you're a new listener, and I've, I've picked up a whole bunch of new listeners lately. So if you're a new listener to Home Gadget Geeks and you're in the Microsoft and the Windows space, head over uh, to Windows Observer. That's just Windows Observer, exactly like it sounds. dot com, and you can subscribe. Uh, Rich has all the links over there, and uh, really worth subscribing to the podcast, getting that added to your podcatcher, and then head over to Windows Super Site. And of course, uh, if you're not, maybe you don't follow Windows Weekly or Paul Thorat and those, uh, and that's okay. Head over over to Win SuperSite, and you can get all of Rich's writing that's going on over there, and that's a great, uh, great opportunity um, for you as well. So, Rich, pretty cool, uh, a great opportunity for you. Congratulations on, on you. getting that writing spot. That's a big deal. And yep. uh, so, of course, you and I are fellow MVPs. We're going to get a chance to meet up again. Hopefully, you come out to November. Yep, about. that's my plan. That's good. We're making plans for that already, and uh, and so it's a lot of fun to, to. It's a little bit of a reunion when we get out there, and uh, and so anyways, and 
Let's talk about build because that was the first, you know, that's the first setting. Let's kind of summarize build. So as we think through maybe the major points of what's going on there, what did you take away from build and, and what really changes for someone who's a Windows enthusiast? Um, well, what build brought to the table, I think, is the fact that we continue, if you're, if you're not convinced that Microsoft is mobile first, cloud first, it's about the mobility of the experience, not the device that it's on, then Build should have helped cement that because that's exactly the message Satya Nadella told us during the day one keynote. And then every demo we got that day, you know, you'll notice this is what blew out all of us away. We're sitting there in the press seats, you know, covered this thing, and they start talking about Azure. They don't even mention Windows 10 or anything like this. The first stuff they demo is Azure, and uh, it blew me away because, and many of us away because we were like, "Well, wait a minute!" But that's the that this is that different Microsoft that we're kind of experiencing these days. We did get to Windows 10, and we got the really cool Hololens demo later on. But it, Microsoft's job at Build was to tell developers that the platform is worthwhile, that it's invest Windows 10 is going to open up. They they predicted two to three years, Terry Myerson said, they expect to have one billion people on Windows 10. And that's all about eyeballs. That's all about audience. That's the Windows Store. Um, you know, having that combined store that's going to cover Xbox, desktop, tablets, phones, mobile, whatever it is, um, means you, there's an opportunity to get a lot more eyeballs. Now, that same day, they announced the new stuff for getting apps from Android and iOS into Windows, into Visual Studio, and a couple what they've referred to them as bridges. And they they didn't ignore other Windows developers like .NET and Win32 or web developers, but their target the the big demos was all about the iOS and Android stuff. And in fact, during the day two keynote, afterwards, I went out and talked to some of the developers, and some of the Windows guys were a little disappointed. They did not get the attention at the keynote they felt they should have. Now, side session-wise, there was plenty of stuff for those guys to hear and go get and see. But messaging is very important. So a lot of those guys felt slighted that Microsoft paid all the attention to iOS and Android guys and not enough to them, the guys who have been behind them for a long time. That's not unlike the same reaction we see from Windows folks that don't like the fact that iOS and Android get the apps first. But Microsoft has made it. Think about the numbers. How many iPhones right. got sold last quarter? Right. Microsoft, it's a business. They're going to get their products into the hands of the people where they're at. Now, we're promised We're promised that the, the experience is supposed to be best on Windows first. And I think with Windows 10, we may start to see that. And, in fact, uh, with that Windows build, the phone build that was released today, 10,080, um, we start. We are starting to see some of those universal apps, like in the the uh, office apps and things like that. So, I, the message was clear that Microsoft is doing everything they can to embrace across all platforms and get people in. In fact, they surprised us when they told us that Candy Crush Saga, which came to Windows Phone months ago and I think desktop, uh, King used the same tools that they announced at that conference to port that app over and they're in they're coming down with more in fact I saw something on Twitter today that Candy Crush Saga installed post update with this new Windows mobile build so uh, the tools are there they're working are they perfect no they did demo the Android stuff in a kind of a sandbox setup on the phone that's the way it's supposed to work and the Android apps aren't targeted to the desktop they're targeted to mobile so that'll be the smaller tablets, eight inches or smaller typically in the phones. So 
I think they did a good job with the message that I think they have to be very careful in not ignoring their base, not ignoring the guys that have been continued to develop for them over the years. So that was probably Which, the only thing. Yeah. yeah, I'm a little worried about Windows Phone. I mean, I just is I I, I want to <laughs> believe, right? I want to believe we've got a viable third option, and and I feel I feel like, and I think some of the folks that listen to the show probably feel like the the things that they came out with on the dev side is a hail mary right it's kind of like okay yeah we've tried all the stuff we've tried isolating our platform we've tried having our own thing we've tried the windows first stuff the windows best stuff <laughs> it's right. not working we're just going to chuck yeah. this how do you how do you feel i mean and i know we you write for this so i know this puts you in an awkward situation but i mean at some point with 3% market share does microsoft just go <laughs> You know, okay, enough. Or I, I, certainly, they've put an enormous amount of effort into Windows 10, especially on the mobile side. And we have two mobile SKUs yeah. coming out, right? Yeah, enterprise uh, SKU and a consumer. Yeah. Now we learned we learned yeah. today or yesterday, right? Yeah, yesterday they they announced the versions, and then today we saw the first. You know, I don't think so because I wrote a. Uh, there's a company called um, off the top. I can't even think of them. Conda Conda Heart or something like that. They do some global mobile numbers and I wrote about it a week or uh, I think it was last week on SuperSite. in other parts of the world Windows phones doing great it's growing it's getting and this is all about the low-end Lumias and Microsoft even said that in their quarterly financials they had an 18 percent increase in that segment of the market now we've just seen uh, crickets gonna have the 640 tomorrow uh, 640XL should be here soon. AT&T says they're going to carry it. I think somebody said T-Mobile's listening. It. Um, we're expecting this big, huge flagship. Remember the rumors about CityWalk and uh, whatever the other one was um, that we're seeing some really high-end hardware. Well, when you look at the specs on that hardware and then you look back at Joe Belfiore's demo of Continuum on the phone that we saw at Build and at Ignite, we're talking about these computer, these these phones being basically PCs in our hands and being able to walk up and plug into a larger monitor and, and use it. Now it does require new hardware, but even today, uh, build 10,080. I installed it on a Nokia Lumia 830. By the way, I was traveling up I-95 North at 70 miles per hour, hot link to my 1520 doing that download. By the way, um, which great. was successful. My wife yeah. was driving, thank goodness, and. Uh, you can see the elements. I pulled up Word, for instance, the Word preview. When you go to File, it says this PC. It doesn't say phone. It doesn't say anything different. It says this PC. So, and then you saw the demo from Joe Belfiore of Continuum for Phone, where he can use a, a paired Bluetooth mouse and keyboard and an extra monitor. Now that was a what they call that. They called that a basically it was a motion study. It was a PowerPoint that just clicked through when he needed it to. But the concept is just like Continuum on tablets. And you're talking about productivity with that thing we carry in our pocket. And so, you know, when I set those apps up on that phone today on the way up here, my most recently used files were there. My All the data from my OneDrive was there. So I, in other parts of the world, Microsoft's doing really well with the Lumias. Here in the U.S., it's kind of flat, but it's flat for everybody last quarter, quarter over quarter. So January, February, March, this year compared to last year, there we saw a .2 loss. Android saw a .2 growth, and iOS was flatlined, I think. So the, the future of Windows phones around the rest of the world, it's not in the U.S. 
I don't think anyway. Yeah, and I, I think to your point, I think continuum is the one bright spot. When yes. we think about actual usage here in the United States, continuum is the one bright spot because it's the one thing that the other phones aren't doing right now. So exactly. if I could pull my exactly. phone out of my pocket, really put it in a docking station, and really get a full productivity PC, all of a sudden right. the enterprise pops up and goes, hey, wait a minute. Even, cool. if that's a, even if that's a $900 phone, I mean, if it's a high-end, bigger screen yep. If it's you're 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 getting two things out of one there. You're getting right. a desktop kind of functionality and the mobility. But think about this. Did you see that piece of software that just got released in the last day or two for iPad, where you mm -hmm. can where you can make your iPad a second screen off of Windows? I, I forget what it's called. Maybe someone in the chat room knows, but I can't remember it off the top of my head. But basically, that become that then gives you a second screen. Your iPad can become a second screen on a Windows tablet or something like that, and it. I think that might have come out. On, it wasn't available for Windows before, but now after Build and Ignite and a demo of that Continuum, maybe, maybe not. But it's yeah. a pretty slick little thing. It makes a second screen out of your iPad for a Windows device. Right. I mean, and we know the reality is everybody's kind of a mixed collection of stuff these days. So I, I think you're right. I think Continuum is a real, I hate the word game changer, but I, I think that's going to make people think. Think about it. If I can walk around with one device and dock it at a desk and work on a big monitor on stuff and then I can take it away with me, I had that same thought process about um, our tablets like Surface. When Surface came out with the dock, right, Surface Pro, that concept of, in fact, Rod, Rod Trent, who's at SuperSite with me, he has a home setup where his Surface Pro 3 docks and powers four monitors, you know, a keyboard, mouse, and all the other extra peripherals. To me, that's the future of computing. That can be either a tablet or it could be one of these really powerful phones. And if you look at the specs on these phones that are rumored, there's some pretty powerful phones. You're talking about 32 gig. One of them was like 32 gig of RAM or something crazy. I mean, it's just unreal levels of capability. So yeah, continuity for iPad. I think that's what somebody said, continuity. Okay. I think Moore's law is in our favor at that point, or yes. is in the favor of that, that mm -hmm. it's going to get to the point where those things will be able to produce really good content. And really, honestly, what do most people need from a from an enterprise standpoint? I, my one thought is Microsoft now, if they would do what they should have done when, in the mobile space a while ago, which is focus on the enterprise first, um, I think they got another shot at it, and it's like, okay, let's make another. If let's make a play for the enterprise, really, the consumer end is the low-end phones that works great. But yep. if we can get these flagship devices that have all the inf all the necessary information to connect, because today my drawback, right? If I try to get on my network, if it's not on the domain. It's not productive for me. Right. And so, if I can get a, a domain, if I can get if I get a phone that had Continuum that was on the domain where I could get access to my network shares, man, that is gold. Yeah. And I think if you, yeah, I, I think that's why that's that other SKU, right? I think that's right. why they're doing a mobile enterprise SKU of Windows 10 or a version edition. They're calling them. I think. I think that's why that's coming because that's going to have those capabilities. Because think about it: that if that's a PC in your pocket. And that's not a joke reference to Pocket PC back in the day. But <laughs> or is that a PC in your pocket? Or are you happy to see me? Exactly. <laughs> but you know what I'm saying? If if that's a f capable PC, then there's no reason why it can't have domain join capabilities like Windows 10 Pro does. You know what I mean? But it's enterprise, so it's built yeah. for that. 
Yeah, no, right on. I think I think they got some opportunities there uh, with it is in the enterprise and yes. uh, and can make that can make that cut over because that is a that is a feature today. If someone went, oh wait a minute, I can two in one and I can come home and plug this into something that will already use these monitors that I've got yep. and I'm ready for an upgrade anyways. All of a sudden, then all, you, when you think about iPhone versus Android, you kind of go, oh, so we're not just talking about apps on the phone anymore. We're talking about you know, productivity both at work, on the road, and at home, and yep. it's it's a device that goes across. So, I think they have a good chance there. Let's talk a little bit about Windows 10 uh, because that's been screaming out as we've been thinking about, and and those builds are are struggling at best. And we've talked about end of the summer. You've written a lot about this, Rich. Should I be worried that I'm going to have a functional Windows 10 build at the end of the summer? No, I don't think so. I, I mean, they said it today when they released the Windows 10 Mobile Build 10080 10, today for phones. Uh, Gayball in that post made a very specific comment and reiterated in the last paragraph, we are on a different release cycle for phone than we are desktop. And that's been said before. Terry Myerson said it a couple weeks ago. And so, so the difference that we're seeing between desktop and mobile is expected. Mobile's behind the behind the curve. Uh, that will be released to sometime this fall, probably right in line and in time with some high-end devices and some things like that. And then Windows 10 itself. Now, I've been involved in. I was involved in one private beta of Windows. That was Windows Vista, and that was after they did the the reset. So they Vista had become a soup sandwich. They said, all right, we're starting all over, and I got into my first beta then. And even then, though, they kind of opened up this whole telemetry thing. And then Windows 7 never went to private beta. It was, a, it was all about the telemetry, and they measured what was going on, and they continue to do that. And so I think with Windows 10 desktop, I'm not as worried. Uh, as each build has its issues, but we have to remember at, we're at a point right now that we wouldn't have even seen what we're doing right now would be developer previews. They would be released for developers, although anybody who wanted to do it in the past has been able to do it with Windows 7, Windows 8. But these these are really at the level of a developer preview, just something that they can get the OS on so they can start working on their stuff. So we're seeing builds way earlier than we ever did. So we're seeing them more buggy, and and that goes on both platforms. It goes desktop and phone. But I'm not as worried because I've watched them do the fit and finish stuff. And right now, the disjointedness of the UIs. Um, uh, what's her name? Um, uh, Mary Branscombe just recently in the last couple of days wrote a story where she talked to is it Harry Shum I think is his name he's he's one of the designer guys on the Windows thing and it explains behind the hamburger menu the UI why it seems so disjointed at this point and it's an excellent read now Jim I'll find the link so I can send it to you and you can see it yeah. in your show notes That's right. it's an excellent explanation because everybody reacts very emotionally to the whole hamburger menu and stuff, the, the UI is not done and it's not far, not a, not at all close to done. And I did listen to one build session uh, that I wrote about this past week. Kind of picked out the highlights. The guy had some terrific little tidbits about data and why they made UI decisions. And um, he talked about that hamburger menu and why it's there and things of that nature. So. It, People may not like it. There's rumors that it's because they want to make it easier for iOS Android apps to be 
ported over because think about it, you know, those that's familiar for them. If an iOS or Android developer wanted a Windows Phone app, they had to completely redesign it. So those kind of things make sense. But um, I think we're okay when it comes to desktop because at this stage, um, those guys know how to do the fit and finish stuff. I, I mean, I think about Windows 8 and the issues it had before release. Uh, not even talking about what we saw fixed in 8.1, there there were concerns before 8 hit the street through that preview program too. So yeah. no, I'm not as worried. Those okay. guys are pretty smart developers over there, and I I think I, I think they know where they're headed. I you know I think they've got a roadmap. They know when is it going to be. I, this week the rumors were 22 July I think for an RTM or an RTM sign off and 29 July available or something like that. But uh, even Joe Belfiore at Build in a session with a bunch of the journalists and tech press kind of poo-pooed that whole AMD late July Windows 10 release thing. You know, he kind of said, yeah, whatever that. So it, I think that's probably the target because you got to think about RTM. you got to think about getting it to the OEM so they can start putting it on devices and stuff like that. Yeah, I had been running Windows 10 on my Surface Pro 3 uh, in its current state, and I forget uh, 10,049 maybe or 51 right. was maybe the last build, and I was actually on the road, you know, and I and I get it, you're not supposed to use these things as production, but I was right. like, okay, I'm going to take a PowerPoint presentation with me, I'm going to do this for my Surface, I've got the dongle, I'm going to make this work, and it and and it just <laughs> it didn't, didn't work well, huh? <laughs> it did not work for me. Now. I get it, right? I, I, if there's anybody who's a Windows enthusiast, right? I'm the Windows MVP expert, right? So I get it, and I'm not mad about it at all. But I just, as I look at that build, I'm like, wow, they've got a ways to go, and we, the time, time is running short on yep. this. And of course, we want a really successful launch, right? We want that thing to That's come correct. to be really stable. I'm, I am addicted to the Windows 10 menu system, the way it works. Like I, that's the way I want it to be. A continuum on Windows 10 on a Surface. That's the way I want it to be. I mm -hmm. want to be able to disconnect my keyboard, and I want it to know that it's disconnected and go into tablet mode. And when I connect it, which is still not working, or at least in 10:40, right? Yeah, that, then, yep. that's not working, right? Right. But um, I want I want uh, Edge to work, formerly Project Spartan, and I, right. I love that idea. So, I those are the three things when I think about Windows 10 for me. Those are the three things I concentrate on: menu changes that are dynamite. I mean, for me, those really work well. Two, making sure that that, that continuum works, and three, being able to write in the browser is a pretty cool function, especially if oh yeah, no, highlight and annotate, yeah, yeah, no, you no, know, right you were talking about uh, the menu system. Have you seen the video that's floating around of ten thousand one fourteen? I think it is mm -hmm. that yeah, shows they because right now if you go tablet mode, you still have the menu down the left side. And then you have your tiles on the full screen. Well, in one in 10,114, this build that never got released or leaked, it was, uh, and it's not from the impressive branch, so it's not it's from somewhere else, but it's more advanced. That that menu now hides when you go to full tablet mode, not when you expand the screen. That's a different. In fact, they've taken that button away. They've added it into the options that when you're in desktop mode. You can always have full screen when you go back to the start screen. But in tablet mode, when it goes full screen on the left side now, you'll have a hamburger menu, which I know everybody loves. Up on the top, you tap it. That opens up that menu that has yeah, your smart. recently installed, recently, yeah. most recently used, and then the all apps. And I like that because yeah, I've been a big fan of the 8. Sense. 
yes. Yeah. And I've been a fan of 8, 8.1 and the way the start screen works. I really have. And one of the things that's frustrated me in Windows 10 is if I tell it to go full screen, but then I'm using a, a, a modern app, let's say Next Gen Reader, NG Reader, which is what I use to read RSS feeds, I'll put it full screen because I get three rows of tiles instead of just two. So if I but the moment I open another window, it defaults away from full screen and back to the, the windowed mode. So I think there's a lot of little things like that, the way I use the system. Now, again, if you go and listen to this build session from this guy that from the Windows 10 team, you'll hear him talk and make a reference to the fact that it, it's building Windows 10 is like making pizza for 1.5 billion people. Everybody wants their own topping. And the reality is we're not all going to get our own topping in Windows 10. They are going to base it on the numbers and in fact I thought it was an amazing number. 4% of users of, of Windows, even Windows 8 and 8.1 use Alt-Tab. Only 4% of the users. 96 of the people don't even know it exists. That's why when you snap a window it automatically brings up what they call Snap Assist because other, that introduces that capability. So um, learning how they use the numbers, you know, we've all seen as they've released new bills, they do what they call a 50-50. 50% of us get it one way, 50% right. of us get it another way, and right. then they will prompt us to ask the question. And did you know, for instance, virtual desktops, which I think is going to be an awesome feature in Windows 10. I think it needs a few more elements. It needs, I think it needs the ability to save default desktops so that I can have a, a social media desktop and you know what I mean. So mm -hmm. I hope they yeah. get that capability. He did reveal in this session from Bill that the, they are thinking about giving us the ability to name the desktops, not just desktop one, two, three, and four. And the way your open windows are displayed. So on the, on the taskbar of Windows 10, if you've got multiple desktops, you have a choice. There's global, which means it will show every, it'll be a little blue line under an icon on the taskbar if it's open in a window. If it's open on that current desktop, you'll see it, you know, like, like we do in 8.1. Well, did you know that by a factor of three times, people hated the global? They preferred the filtered view, which only show me what's on that desktop. And But when you still go Alt-Tab, I think it is, you still get all the windows and the ability to cycle through them. They made smart choices so that when you delete a desktop, guess what? The windows don't go away. They cascade down to another desktop. So, you know, I think there's some options there they could implement. If I close a desktop, I probably don't need those apps. They can go away instead of cascade. So they're making some really smart choices, I think, and they're basing them on the data. I think they did that back in Windows 8. And I'm not sure the data was showing that. I think that some of that in Windows 8 itself and the way they did 8 was because somebody wanted that way. Um, and uh, I, so listening to these builds, and I'm going through more of them because I want to find more of those examples because I think that alone helps you understand what they're trying to do. And they're not just picking stuff out of the air. You know what I mean? They're not just grabbing straws. They're right. actually using quantifiable data to do this. Yeah, yeah. No, we, we've got some challenges ahead for us. When you think about Build, anything, you know, Azure was a big deal at Build. Yep. That's, I, I don't know if I want to dig into Azure. Most of the listeners Azure here aren't huge. Yeah. interested in it. Now, I'm very interested in it. I came back and actually we did a we did a podcast on Azure over at Home Server Show. So if mm -hmm. you if you want to head over to homeservershow.com, uh, 282 I think it was, and uh, we, Dwayne came on from Microsoft and we dug deep into Azure and so 
we won't do that here. Anything else out of build before we think about Ignite? Anything else out of build um, the average guy stuff that would, when you think about the average consumer, you know, the guy, the gadget guy that they that you know might pertain to them. Um, you know, they uh, many of the side sessions of build and, and the main sessions um, focused on the developer side. Uh, you know, and Azure was a big piece of that because they want the developers putting their stuff on Azure as media services and other things like that. Um, I tell you what was the cool part of my week at Build, um, and that was the opportunity to go try out HoloLens. Hmm. You know, I got signed up. I did not do one of the longer sessions. They had sessions of four hours long where you actually developed a little tool to put into HoloLens, and then you got to use it. I did the 90-minute version, and, and what was amazing about this was, one, the security. It was in a whole different hotel. They escort you there. Uh, we had to get rid of all our stuff, you know, before we went into the room with it. And um, although they did have one on display, we got to take pictures and video of that. And but we ultimately got to try it out. And most people who have read the info about Hololens, a lot of the tech guys, tech press, focused on the field of view issue, you know, because if you're watching the keynote on day one of build and you see um, the they have these really cool cameras right that show you the holograms in the image of what you're seeing and you see the guy wearing the hololens well it's kind of misleading because when you're wearing the hololens you only see what's in front of you in your field of view you can turn your head and see everything 360 180 up and down the whole bit and for me that was my magic moment when I was wearing HoloLens is when they put me in a spot in downtown looking at a corner building that we were designing uh, architectural kind of thing and I was able to look 360 and turn around and see everything so they, they've created a terrific technology that I think is awesome there's it's a v1 so there's going to be some issues a lot of people the, the my biggest concern message I wanted to put out there was what you see in the demos with the really cool with the holo, holograms all around you isn't what you really see out of HoloLens. Not but yet. What HoloLens yeah, shows you is amazing. Think about it. I stood on the corner of this city block and looked at a building we were designing to put in place without you know because it was on a computer and right. it was cool and yeah. so I, I think there's a lot of potential there and now the rumors are that Samsung's trying to get in on the action that broke that was out today so so Microsoft really shocked a lot of people in January when they saw that and a lot more people got to get put it on during build so I'm glad they gave us that opportunity for me because it, it really did open my eyes to the potential of that technology. And it does have a lot of potential. Think about it and the tools and the ways it can be used and stuff like that. But yeah. I, I really do hope, you know, my ultimate hope is that these tools, because Microsoft is putting a lot in the bank on this Windows 10 and one platform and universal apps and everything like that. So I, I, I think the, the jury might still be out on, we've got to get Windows 10 out and see, and you said it, Windows 10's got to have a successful launch. It, and your worry about the quality of the builds right now is perfectly valid. And a lot of people have those concerns. I, it, it just in the back of my head, I, I know that these guys can you will will pull it off you know it we I saw that in the Navy all the time you, you get a team putting something together and it just it looks like it's not going to come together and then boom it does and and I think the model that they're using with the they're, they're well, well practiced at this get it out fast pace we've mm -hmm. already been seeing it under 8.1 with the apps and by taking the core OS and letting the apps be the kind of overlay I think will make a big difference because it's not as elaborate then as it was in the old days. 
Yeah, no, I, I share your enthusiasm for HoloLens and for what it stands for. And like you said, that you know, it's like looking through a tunnel. The the virtual, the the augmented reality now becomes a little bit of a tunnel because it's so it's so much smaller than they've advertised. I think that's just a limitation of the hardware. And in a in a year or two, they'll get that fixed. They'll figure it out. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just it's probably super expensive to get that much field of vision, or the processing power is not there yet. Right. right? I mean, you think about the real estate they got to get all that on those lenses and but yeah. that and they they don't want it to be virtual reality either they right. want it to be augmented reality yeah. this is yeah. not meant to take up your vision it's meant to augment your vision right and this and i think from a from a real world application standpoint this is some of the smartest stuff they've come up with and and certainly you know oculus rift is interesting but it's an immersive experience right that yeah. you you go in you don't come out right you don't right. really you don't really move around i mean this is the future when we think about star trek and the holodeck mm-hmm. this is the future of that yep. this is that augmented reality where you're in space but it's you, you see something else and uh, and I think there's some interesting, like you saw. I think there's some interesting applications for oh, it. And you're not totally. taken yeah. out of the world, right? You're exactly you're left in the world. It's just augmented around you. So yeah. I'm I'm really cool super stuff. excited about that. So it's yeah, cool. Let's too. think. Let's think about Ignite a little bit. And what you covered that from afar. You didn't. Uh, th- thank yeah. goodness, Rich. I mean, that's too. Oh, I heard it was a madhouse. I mean, I I felt for Rod and. Uh, and, and Lisa, who was there covering it for us. But, you know, Ignite, 23,000 people. This was Microsoft's new conglomerate conference. It replaced all the other professional conferences like TechEd, SharePoint, all the other products who had their own conferences. And so logistically, it was a nightmare. It, it, okay, that's just pure logistics-wise. Content-wise, I, I lost count. I think day three, there was over 180 sessions available the day before that 110 the first day a little bit less because of the keynote and then the fourth and fifth day so there's there's 250 300 sessions of info out there and I personally am slowly going through them because I want to nip I want to kind of cherry pick the best consumer pro consumer kind of stuff like I did with that the UI one the guy did he had three slides intro my name and feedback everything else was demo he was in the OS uh, it was built 10,105 and he was in there showing us stuff and but not only showing us but explaining to us why it was like it was and this was one of those I just told somebody in the chat room they have not released the data in bulk they're not going to but there are tidbits out there that some of the team is using during presentations to say this is why we did X, this is why we did Y. So I'm looking for those kind of tidbits under the consumer, pro-consumer kind of stuff from Build because or Ignite because there's just so much content. You know, every session was 50 minutes to an hour long. And so there's some great OneDrive stuff. We got some excellent OneDrive news. In fact, OneDrive consumer is so good that OneDrive for Business is adopting the model. It's going to have the same look. They're going to have a combined sync engine, not two separate sync engines. So they're making great changes with OneDrive. Uh, I'd hope somebody asked the question. Before you go on, let me say this. Since I've gotten my iPhone, I've used OneDrive more than I did when I was using when I exactly, when right? I, you know, before the iPhone. I have been using Office Lens on the iPhone mm-hmm. when I get to, when I get a card from somebody. I'm like, wait yep. a minute, and uh, you know, click, uh, you know, because it's so easy to get into the iPhone. You know, right? Log in, boom, thumbprint, you're in Office Lens, bam, take a picture, it pops that in, throws right. it over to OneDrive. So OneDrive has become the repository. Uh, Why are you using it more on the because of the app? 
Yeah, because the app is so good on the iPhone. Yeah. Yeah. And that's I mean, part just, of what Microsoft's got to overcome. Yeah. And I think the limitation right now is 8.1. Yeah. I think when they get to Windows 10 and that app is universal, I think that changes. Even though the 8.1 app has gotten pretty good, I can now put both a business and, uh, you know, I can put both types of accounts there. But uh, the. Well, and Android I, was clunky to get into. So was to it? get it, it, well, and it, it it's, it's, I mean, I've been on the iPhone now since February. And so it, that's kind of a new, right? The, these Some of these new Office apps are kind of new to both platforms in yep. a lot of way. But I would never have thought of picking up my Android phone, logging in, which I had to put the password in. You know, there's other ways to do it, but put the password in, log in, go find it, right? And then, and then snap the picture. With the iPhone, I pick it up, and as I'm picking up, I just hold my thumb right on it. And by the time I bring it up to my face, it's logged in. And then Office Lens is on the front page, hit it, it brings it up. It's a beautiful screen. You know, mm -hmm. uh, take a picture of somebody's card. I don't even take people's cards anymore. I'm like, just a second. I pull my phone out, take a picture of it, and it's and I just say, right to OneDrive, and boom. And I have been on the web client now. Just today, I wanted to know somebody's information. I was looking up Ryan, the GM over at Silicon Prairie News, and I'm like, oh, I got that on my OneDrive. So OneDrive.com, boom, moved over pictures, bam, pulled it up. There it was. And I'm That's just like, cool. so anyways, that to me, I'm using I'm using Microsoft's uh, mobile products more on the iPhone than I ever have, and uh, and so I like it. Oh. No, I agree, and and that's kind of where the frustration point has been for a lot of Microsoft fans is seeing seeing Microsoft give those other platforms some really great looking apps and functional apps, and and I think the limitation right now is simply the platform. So as Windows 10 comes out, and today we got the first Office previews in that 10,080 build, um, and I poked around in them, and and they're they're good. I mean, but like the Word one, luckily it zooms in when you start to type. Um, but that would be truly productive if it has continuum. You know, I can plug into a larger monitor, keyboard, mouse, and now I can be more functional. So I, it, it's still a very kind of. Well, but, but imagine with the surface, right? When we get the surface upgraded to Windows 10, and we got we have Office Lens on that, yep. and we, and I can I can just pick that up and, you know, I'm at a board. This is where they're. This is where it's great. I'm at a. Oh yeah, a Office Lens is an awesome, Heck, awesome. It's, it's incredible. Yeah, it's incredible. Yeah. So I'm not saying it's I, well. It is great on the iPhone. I'm not gonna lie. It's a great app on the iPhone. They've really done a yep. nice job on it. But the fact is, is that their strategy of of getting you in their apps, regardless of what OS you're where on, you're at. getting yeah. them to use their services, yep. it's working for me. Yep. No, and and that's the it, Microsoft ultimately is a business. Their business is not making fans happy. Their business is their business is making money, and by getting people involved in their services on whatever platform. And guys, the reality is the numbers. Look at the numbers. Android and iOS overwhelm Windows Phone, and there are more people on those platforms. And so Microsoft is appropriate in getting their stuff out to those folks and getting them into the ecosystem. And maybe, just maybe down the road, when there's some really sharp hardware, Windows 10 base maybe, they start to transition a little bit. I think the lead is way too far out there, but I don't, and we said it earlier, I don't think Windows Phone's going anywhere or Windows Mobile now that it's called. Um, but, you know, they got to do what they got to do. And it's paying off. Look at look at their stock. Look at, there was Deutsche Bank, I think, this week was the one that put them in a buy now, you know, as a stock to buy. So they're yeah. doing the right kind of stuff 
from a business perspective, from a, an ecosystem perspective. I mean, they just come out on top of a big list of companies to work for. And, and the, so the changes that are happening there are the right kind of changes that result in the right environment and, and employee attitudes that result in great work. And, and I think it's working. Yeah, well, at the end of the day, it's really about productivity, right? The platform that yes. makes you the most yes. productive is the one that it's wins. It's what you're going to use. And, yep. and so for me, I am just, it's its just weird thinking that I am more productive on my iPhone <laughs> because of Microsoft, <laughs> right? Hey. When you think about that, you're like, wow, I'm using those, I, you know, I use those all the time. And I've picked up the dongle. I'm, I'm very interested on my iPhone of using PowerPoint and some other Sway and some of those other things. Right. To project those things as um, as when I go on the road to do my college recruiting stuff that I do, I, I want to do it that way. So it's going to be interesting to see. I've been trying different ways to come up with things, and the the, the platform kind of disappears, and the productivity is up front. Yep. And so I'm super when when, about when that. the platform gets out of the way right. of you being able to do the work, that's the magic. That's the trick. Yeah, yeah, I know. Kevin and chat. Kevin Schoonover says Microsoft apps on all three platforms yep. is genius. Jeez, I think it, it was dumb that they, you know, that they, and I get why they did. I mean, I get why they yep. were holding on for dear life, and then finally just said, you know what, guys, <laughs> we this isn't yeah, working. Exactly. But it's funny now that they've gone on all three platforms. People are like, oh yeah, oh yeah, I can now get Word on my iPhone, yep. and so now and, I and can. <laughs> That's what they're, they're being praised with, right? for. It, 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 they're being <laughs> yeah. praised for making, quote-unquote, a very sound business decision. And you're seeing those results in the stock and, and the attitudes and the responses to that kind of stuff. And, and as much as we fans who are very dedicated to that ecosystem grumble about the fact that we didn't get a new update, but they did, we, yeah. we are – again, I go back to – I love that reference that that guy made um, – I think his name was Chatiana Serene, uh, program manager on Windows 10. He said, it's like making pizza for a billion and a half people. Everybody wants their own topping. And when we're fans and we're dedicated to an ecosystem, uh, you know, we get very tunnel vision sometimes, and it happens. And that's okay. We can be a fan. But one of the things that we have to do every once in a while is you have to take off those glasses. And you kind of have to look at things with a bigger picture and a bigger perspective. And, and I think most people who, who are fans, this is in the long run going to end up being a better deal for Microsoft fans than, we curr than currently we see it. Because right. all this growth, all this strength, all this, this ability to get their services onto other platforms is going to, in the long run, make for a better Microsoft ecosystem. Yeah. Let's talk about one more thing uh, as we as yep. we uh, kind of go full circle here. Uh, and I want to chat with you a little bit about Office 365 and the newest versions of Office. And that's something I haven't followed a lot of. Can you give me just uh, – I know that was talked about at Ignite, yeah. I think. They, uh, I think it was the Monday keynote at Ignite. Uh, Satya Nadella announced the release of the Office 2016 uh, public preview. It had previously been in a, rest a restricted preview or private preview. Um, so you can, if you're an Office 365 subscriber, you can go try out 2016. Or if you want to, you can just do it, download it and use it um, with a serial key, you know, a program key. Uh, apparently, you can't run it alongside of 2013. Um, but it, so if you're if you're looking to those apps and looking for great big huge visual changes, they're not there. These apps and this update to 2016 is more about collaboration. I mean, think of this. Right now, 
Word Online is the one way that you can collaborate on a document, right? Through the website. In, in real time, yeah. In, in real time. time. Yeah. Word 2016 allows that collaboration to happen through the desktop version of Word. Live, real time, yeah. right then. So so yeah. every one of the this version of 2016, they're making some good under the hood changes and, and tweaking things and given capabilities, but don't expect it to be an earth shattering change visually. Um, still got the ribbon, still have all of that. The big difference here is about collaboration. My mm -hmm. ability to share a document from within the Word app or Word program, my ability to access that in the Word in the Word for Touch, you know, the preview apps, which are two different things. And the ability to share, collaborate, and work together on something, even if I'm in desktop version of the the program, that was never even thought about, you know. And then what they do, um, Office Sway is being added to the Office 365 suite, so Sway becomes an asset for people to use, which is a, somebody used the term poor man PowerPoint, but it, it is. I mean, it's in a sense of you don't. It's not elaborate. It's very basic. But again, it's very functional too. And a great example of that it was Mary Jo Foley. She did some awesome sways during her trip to Vietnam, and they're beautiful. I mean, the way they transition, they do. We've messed with it ourselves at SuperSite. We thought we'd maybe use it as a live blog platform. Uh, it doesn't work as well because you got to refresh it all the time. But that's again a document you can share, you can collaborate on. Think about it for kids doing school projects and things of that nature. I mean, do you even have to go out and buy Office if you're a consumer these days? You got them all online, right? No, so you got Word, PowerPoint, Excel online. Mm -hmm. You've got now we'll soon have the preview apps, right? Universal apps on our phone, on Windows 10, on tablets, desktops. We'll have those preview versions, very basic. But very functional for what for what most people do. Probably ninety percent of the world. There's the enterprise folks and the high end folks that'll have to have the full blown apps because of functionality. But right. think about it. Do you even have to spend money on Office anymore for most people? Yeah, for and most people. And, and you don't. And I am. You know, one of the things Google has just taken Microsoft to task on has been that collaboration, and mm -hmm. it's worked. It works really well, uh, mostly because Google never had to deal with apps, right? They were always web-centric from the very beginning, and yep. it's taken Microsoft a while to move away from apps and, or even get the apps to sync. That has been ugly. Correct. It's had all kinds of problems, and so and I'm that's something Microsoft does well. That, yeah, well, like I I'm said, hoping. I installed those preview apps today on that new phone build, and boom, there was my most recently used list, yeah. and I was able to pull stuff right up out of the cloud. Well, the where it struggled in the past is in that collaboration. I'm in a document, you're in a document. I'm seeing what you're typing, you're seeing right. what I'm typing, and and it's it's handling those errors, those conflicts uh, gracefully. That has never really worked in the enterprise for Microsoft. They've tried. They've done. You know, they had SharePoint Server that had right. Excel services and Word services, and they they, they tried to cobble. They tried to take their old stuff and make it this way. And, yeah. They just got to scrap it and start over and say, hey, look, if we're going to do this collaboration stuff. And I think 2016 is moving finally and moving in that direction. So, I agree. Because yeah. that's what's today. Most enterprises struggle with document management and versioning. And it, it, it hasn't moved. Microsoft hasn't moved the needle in, in a decade on that. It's still yeah. the same way it was. i got to check things in and check things out unless I install yep. these servers. That's and changing. Yeah. There, there's a session at Build that the guy did about OneDrive that a lot of the people kind of extrapolated out the future for OneDrive. And and uh, Lisa Schmeiser, who is our Windows IT Pro editor at, uh, over at Penton, she wrote about this war that Microsoft has declared on email attachments. 
and now through OneDrive you have the versioning you have the ability to sh it, it by default shares from the cloud as opposed to share the physical document and so you have master control I can revoke it I can make you know so versioning of that document is no longer an issue I remember doing that checkout thing when I was in the Navy with SharePoint you had to check the file out nobody else could work yeah. now that's changing so I, I think Microsoft it always takes them a few goes to kind of get things into a settled kind of thing and yeah. I think they're making a massive this 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 upcoming cycle, Windows 10, Office 2016, the new OneDrive for Business, one and which is going to sync up a lot with the consumer, same sync engine. Look at on the server side, even the changes they've made, not only for off-premise but on-premise, and to support you, a company who has stuff on their own server racks. It, it, I, it's hard to keep up, Jim. It's yeah, hard no, to keep up with all this stuff crazy. going on. Yeah, it's they are, it is crazy. I mean, even as an MVP, I come home some nights and I'm just like, <laughs> oh, my gosh, would exactly. you stop? I can't And, and that's what anymore. this last two and a half weeks has been like. It's right. been this constant bar, barrage of stuff, new stuff. And, you know, even this week, we thought things were quieting down a little bit, but then we get some new stuff this week, too. So yeah. it's going to be a busy summer. This, this is not – It's yeah. we're already, what, mid-May? Yep. This is not slowing down at all. We just had the big Surface 3 launch hardware-wise, and now you know we're approaching Windows 10. Windows 10 is going to mean probably Surface Pro 4. Now we're going to talk about new phones in the fall when phone comes out. It, it, I'm not sure we're going to see a break before November, December time frame. Well, we go right into Christmas. There you go. Right? And I think yep. there'll be some, you know, Windows 10 is going to come, and it's not like that's going to be a day and then it's going to be over, right? No, I mean, exactly. We're going to launch, we're going to RTM, we're going to launch Windows 10. There's going to be some OEM manufacturers with some big hardware launches for Christmas yep. right behind it. And then there's going to be a whole new list of hardware pieces that we're going to see, I think. I'm, I'm yep. speculating. I think but, so, too. I would imagine we're going to see some interesting form factors come out from, you know, like what we saw with the slate or with the uh, the uh, HP. Um, I always want to call it a slate, but that's not the uh, stream. The stream. Thank you. Yep. I don't know why I always call it a slate, but the HP stream was, you know, not many of those things came out, but it was a, it was a, some innovative look at how to yep. construct these tablets, and so I, I think we're going to see a bunch of those come Christmas time, and it'll just it'll it'll make it real interesting. So hey, I'm excited to see what the OEMs do for the things like Windows Hello, the special camera and biometric stuff to unlock and control things of that nature. Um, Microsoft Passport again, biometrically being able to access your data and stuff like that. Yeah. Well, hey, and another, I know you don't like this word, but another game changer if they can get that right out of the shoot, right? I mean, because think about it, the like the fingerprint thing has done for me on the iPhone, right? Which it yep. has made a phone, it's made the phone useful for me. The this this hello, if it's just if I can just look at it and it recognizes my face and that works, that's even easier. Right? Oh, and I'm, so all, yeah, I'm all for that. that. Could, there could, I mean, so imagine, you know, come January of next year that you've got a phone that's as powerful as some of these PCs yep. that's got continuum that can recognize your face, that has all your office apps, that can connect to your to your domain. You know, all of a sudden you start going, wow, where did that come from? Exactly. Right? What, 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 what? It all works. Now, the question is, can they get it all working? Right? And can That'll they? That'll be the big. I think, yeah. I think ecosystem wise, the connectivity wise, somebody just made the comment in the room about Microsoft account. You know, I, I had to reset a phone the other day 
and my 1520 because it kept prompting me for the uh, update which I didn't want on it and I accidentally hit the wrong button so I had to do a reset but with that Microsoft account I'm set up and going in a heartbeat and and it amazes me the number of people who don't want to use a Microsoft account when they log into Windows or something like that and I think that's mainly because they don't see the benefit but so Microsoft has got the connectivity I mean uh, where did I go the other oh I, I had to go to a job site that I hadn't been on in about six months the other day to work on something I walked in I put my Surface 2 down and opened it up and it found the Wi-Fi and it logged me into the Wi-Fi I didn't have to go looking up a password it remembered me from before I brought home that HP Spectre X360 from build I brought it home I had already set it up and used my Microsoft account I walked in the house I opened it up and it knew my home password it knew my home Wi-Fi it, it found my printer it found all my home network stuff it, to me Microsoft has nailed that and yeah. as far as connecting your phone your desktop your tablet and all kinds of devices and so I I for one think they've got that part figured out and now it's just a matter of getting the hardware and that part of the ecosystem up to speed with the with the stuff for hello because hello tech requires a special camera so you got to have special hardware and who says that that hardware can't be on a phone like you just said you know and that that my phone recognizes my face and not a picture they showed that they showed that it won't just take a picture it needs to see that the depth of your face not just mm -hmm. a flat image of it well, and thank thanks to a Connect, which has taught them some ways to yes, to, right. I mean, that's a Connect feature that is it's, oh, it's yeah. different. It's more than just a scan. It's it's actually looking for points of depth. Yep. No. Uh, hey, so. Connect was one of those technologies that they developed. Yeah. That that has laid the groundwork for the stuff we're seeing now. Maybe even Hololens. Maybe Hello. All these other features. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the way they've they're tying all this together. It, it's an exciting time to be yeah. following this company because yeah. they're doing a lot of stuff right. Yeah. And, you know, I keep waiting for that next thing. You know, what's this next thing you're going to announce that we haven't heard about? So it's pretty cool, man. I mean, if, if you're a fan, now's an exciting time. This is going to be an exciting summer. Yeah. Or you could be a fan of a company that their only release this year is a watch. I mean, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's been fun watching that happen. Again, I've always been of the mind: use your tech, whatever yeah. your tech is. Yeah. Use your tech. Yeah. I, I'm not going to uh, berate you because you choose a certain device. I did while I was in San Francisco, though. Uh, me and Rod stopped in the local Apple store and checked out the Apple Watch and and played with it, tried it out, and did all that kind of stuff. And I mean, it's interesting, but. As I continue to read about it, I mean, I've got band, right? I'm wearing my Microsoft band. It, it pushes notifications to my wrist. Although I'll be honest, I don't use it for that a lot because I'm parked at the desk most of the day, so I have it do not disturb because I get everything on my computer. But step tracking, exercise tracking, uh, sleep tracking now is automatic with this with the recent update. Again, and that's all and tied into my charging? ecosystem. When are you charging that? Then, I charge in the it? mornings. Okay. Uh, typically, charge them when I get down to my desk for my first hour and a half or so of work. It goes on the charger. Usually, okay. is back at a hundred percent. Sometimes it's during the shower. When I traveled to build, I got all out of whack. And I came home and went to sleep, and it died on me because I hadn't mm -hmm. properly charged mm -hmm. through flights. Yeah. So, yeah. so you do have to establish some some behaviors there. But, but even this, even this device right here. You know, it's a version one. This is the connect of Microsoft Band. And someday we're going to see Band tied to our heartbeat, some kind of biometric 
that's going to help me unlock a computer. Yeah. Or, you know, I can already pay for Starbucks with this, but it's just a barcode. But could I feasibly pay for things, you know? Uh, we're... we're I, what if, Rich, what if because of your heartbeat, right, it knew it was you, right? Yeah, because that's what I'm saying. It's got, yeah. all this data on, it's got all this data on you, so maybe not out of the gate. Like, So when you first put it on, it's like, hey, we're going to learn who you are. But after exactly. it collects all this data on you, it creates a heart, heart rate profile. And it knows by the beat of your heart that, okay, this is, you know, or, and maybe that's impossible, but it's one of those kinds of things. I don't know that it isn't. Yeah, I, yeah. You know, and it, it's interesting, this sleep, when they made it for automatic sleep, it didn't work the few, first few days. But over time, it has become more consistent. Now it records my sleep every night. It hasn't missed. So it had, obviously, it had some kind of learning to do. And I can go look at my data on my band, and I can, it knows my average bedtime, my average wake-up time. So it has a pretty good idea of when I sleep. So don't you think it's not using that data to yeah. kind of... Yep. Take a guess resting, at resting maybe, heart rates, yeah, exactly, heart rates. Rest, resting yeah. heart rates, the other piece. So, yeah. Um, yeah, somebody, Kevin just said in the room, wearables is a trigger for home automation. You know, you walk in the house and it reckon it kind of the Marty McFly thing. You're right. And back to the future. It, you walk in and it sets the lights to an automatic setting because you walked in. HoloLens is kind of one of those technologies that makes you look at the future of technology and wonder what's possible. I mean, yeah. who'd ever thought that that was even a thing before January 21st? So right, right. No, it's ex it's an exciting time. I I, I'm I agree. Kind of re-energized. Uh, you know, yeah. whether for whatever reason, it's just a great time to be in this ecosystem. We in pre-show we were talking a little bit about the Amazon Echo. That is an interesting thing coming from yeah. from the Amazon uh, arena, and some of the things they're doing with drones are incredibly <laughs> advanced. I am and I so, am itching so bad, Jim, for a drone. <laughs> I, I so much want a drone. I want one of those with the high quality camera because I want to do yeah. some fun stuff with it, like video and things of that nature. Um, look at the, what they released today from Microsoft Research Hyperlapse, right? They released Hyperlapse Pro today. So no, you can take a first person. Is, may not Hyperlapse may not Pro, that they announced it a few months ago. It was in Microsoft Research. Uh, but what they've basically done is you can take a first person video, run it through this software, and it will create a time lapse of that first-person video. So uh, I did a sample one on SuperSight this morning, just a short walk around my backyard, and then I did it at five times speed. But I took, uh, after that, uh, a few years ago, me and a couple, my brother and a friend rode Rolling Thunder, which is a big half a million motorcycles in Washington, D.C., riding a big two-mile loop right around the mall. And that 22-minute video, I ran at eight times or 25 times speed and reduced it to 51 seconds in a matter of about 20 minutes. You know, it, it processed it and made it and made me a video of it. So fees, if currently to do a time, I'm a photographer, so to do a time lapse, I've got to take a few hundred pictures and then put them together in another program in sequence to create a time lapse. Now I can take a video or my DSLR and video a scene for 45 minutes to an hour and condense that into a time lapse without having to go through all the other work. It does all the work for me. So yeah. this Hyperlapse Pro, it's available for Windows Phone, Android, um, no iOS app, which is kind of interesting with my, you know, in this day it'll and come. age. It'll come. Uh, and it's also available to folks that are doing Azure as an Azure media service. Hmm. And you can programmatically use that tool. So this Hyperlapse Pro is now, like I said, it's available for desktop as well. So you can run the, de like I said, I downloaded it. 
recorded the video, and had a time-lapse video within five minutes. It was that easy to use. That's a great thing for guys. I know everybody that listens to this show will want to check that out. So oh, Hyperlast Pro was very cool. Yeah, go out and take it. That's like when we got the panorama. What did we? What did we? What was that when it first came out for Microsoft and and they would put all the stitch. Oh, the they. Photosynth? Yeah, where it did photosynth. the 60 thing. So I forget what it was called though. Pro, but photosynth. Is photosynth. What they yeah. That. Same yeah. thing. Same. Same. Microsoft Research. These are the they got Microsoft Garage and they got Microsoft Research that are developing these tools, and we are we see some of those tools make their way into mainline products for Microsoft. Yeah, uh, Rich. One bit of advice I'd give you: we've talked a lot about drones. Which are, we're gadgets, so so we've talked a lot about drones. Mm -hmm. Get a cheap one first to learn. <laughs> then buy the gotcha. expensive one. <laughs> gotcha. Everybody I've talked to has broken their expensive one on the first try, and, oh, or is that right? flew away. Yes. <laughs> you, you you definitely want to learn how to fly so those things get first. Get this drone. Okay. Yeah, cool. we got a great uh, out on Amazon. There's a great forty-five or fifty-dollar drone that you can get that you know will just kind of teach you the the spatial you know. Okay. And I guess, you're flying a different. You're in 3D now. Right, right. And, uh, and so it's it's if that drone turns around, your controls don't just turn around with you. You got to right. keep that. Oh, I saw today they put a drone that was space like the or that was designed like the Millennium Falcon. Mm -hmm. And so it came up, you know, and then they turned it, and it looked just like the Million Falcon taking wow. off. I'm like, now that's a cool drone. Yeah, that's cool. Uh, so some good stuff. Rich, one more thing before we kind of yep. uh, bring this thing for a landing. Did you see uh, the guys over at, uh, I think, the at uh, DMZ put a new site up called Is Media Center Dead Yet? So I don't know if they're a Media <laughs> Center guy, but they now have a site dedicated to checking, because they figure Media Center's still alive until mm -hmm. the until the guide data stops flowing, right? So yeah. at so go to ismediacenterdeadyet.com. Okay. They're they're checking the guide data all the time and they'll say so like right now if you go there it says is media center dead yet and then up right below it says nope. It says That's we still have guide, the guide data. data is live. Right. They okay. it, says, it says we still have guide data through May 25th, 2015. The last time we checked was May 14th, 2015. Okay. So, Okay. If you're a media center, we have tons of media center listeners. Like a lot gotcha. of the guys and gals that listen to this program are media center. They, you know, we, we will go to battle or media gotcha. center on this. Well, program. well, Jim, I'll tell you this about media center. And I had this conversation on Twitter the other day, and I specifically related it to Zune and Zune software version 4.8, which was released like four years ago. The only reason that software is still around and it works is because nothing's been changed to break it, yeah. right? So right. as long as that right. software is four years old and we're still using it to sync stuff to our Zooms, and I told you in the pre-show, I'm traveling with my 30-gigabyte brown Zoom because it's a great tool to have music with in the car. Well, until that software breaks, I'm happy as a camper, but the moment something changes – that, that stops working, they're not going to release another version of that software. Same thing goes for Media Center. You know, right now it works. It works with the tuners. It works with the guide data. I have, I'm a TiVo guy, so I get you on the guide data thing. That's kind of the linchpin. The machine is great. I can manually record anything I want on a TiVo, but the guide data allows me to have the wildcard searches and have the season passes and just like with Media Center, right? So mm -hmm. the lifeblood for that Media Center is the guide data. At some point, that guide data is costing somebody money to produce or to get or license or whatever it is. 
and the day's going to come. That's going to kind of be the day is when that guide data stops showing up. That's when Media Center just becomes a, a, a terminal, unfortunately. Yeah. And I think that's great. I'm going to have to go check that website out. I might have to write that up on Supersite and hat tip you for that because it's a, it's we, a good one. It, it, that's something that it's kind of like our Windows Home Server days, right? V1 of Windows Home Server and then Windows Home Server 2011. Uh, same thing. Uh, and it, again, it gets back to the pizza kind of concept. The media center and th folks are very focused and enthusiastic group of people like we were with Windows Home Server. I no longer run Windows Home Server in my house. I'm using a three terabyte Western Digital MyCloud to store my data and serve my data because the Windows Home Server ultimately became overkill for me, you know, in the way I used it. Same Media Center, you know, those enthusiasts want that. Dick Abel came out and said it in a tweet, you know, the data shows the usage isn't there. So, but I, th but I don't think they will purposely go break it. But like I said, do you remember there used to be a lot of, uh, 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 oh man, there used to be a lot of themes on Microsoft's personalization website. Oh yeah. Mm -hmm. they, she used to, the young lady that ran that used to regularly solicit for photos. I had several of my photos published in different themes and backgrounds and, but she had to stop because it cost money to put those online and to have them downloaded. And she didn't have the budget to continue to support that. So they trimmed it down. They got a handful of stuff there for samples and that's it. The, the moment somebody somewhere is eventually going to figure out that Media Center is still footing a bill for guide data, and unfortunately, that may be the death knell. Well, the other the other rumor in this, of course, is we're going to get recording capabilities inside of Xbox One. Xbox and One, and yep. then then there's no need to have Media Center at that. Xbox point, so. One is like a few steps away from that. The guide yeah. data is already there. Uh, they just introduced overseas the tuner and here in the U.S. now the capability to use a tuner on HD external channel or external antenna. So, And Xbox itself with that tuner will pause. I forget how much of the system space they set yes. aside, 400 megabytes or something like that. But they have, so it has the ability to pause. So it's recording your live stuff, and if you pause, it will hold just like TiVo will. I think it's 30 minutes. It'll hold a cache of your recording. But um, again, I think that's a platform that is a good target for that because it's a living room kind of device. But what's how does the price compare to what somebody builds for Media Center? Because most people build systems for Media Center, right? They build right. very specific systems for it. How does the price of building a system for Media Center, which has a single use Media Center, compare to an Xbox, which brings you other capabilities as well? Yeah. I, I think that'll be the big linchpin with that. Well, I've got an old PC that's running Windows 7. That's my Media Center in the living room that my okay. wife is attached to that she won't change. Uh, yeah. I'm not going to change it for until we get that recording functionality in Xbox One. Right. Now, I guarantee you, the second that becomes available, there will be an Xbox One in my house on in the living room. Right? That's yep. that's what's going to happen, and and I can attach an external drive and put a bit, right. one terabyte drive on there that'll keep all our data and you know all those shows. And you better believe we're making the switch. So I'm waiting yeah. for that moment. I, and I don't have a need for an Xbox One. We don't really game that much, but right. that would absolutely make sense in our ecosystem at 350 or 400 bucks. Yeah. 
Oh, you know, exactly. And and let me tell you, as far as gaming goes, we've recently discovered some pretty fun family games on Xbox One. Like, you don't, you remember the old You Don't Know Jack? Mm -hmm. Uh, There's, Mm -hmm. uh, there's Fib, Fiddle, Fibble, Fib, or something like that. Anyway, games where you make stuff up. And, but what's cool about it is everybody uses their own smartphone and their browser and go to a special website, enter a special code, and play from their device to the Xbox One. It is the coolest thing. We've used it several times at our house when families come over. And so you basically have four or five people sitting around the living room. You're running the game on the Xbox One, but you're you're accessing the game capabilities through this website that serves you up the questions, tells you you can do your answers and all kinds of stuff like that. Yeah, I was, um, yeah. somebody's talking about DVR and TiVo. TiVo for me, I've been on TiVo now for 10 years. And like a Media Center fan, I don't know what I'd do without my TiVo because it allows me to watch the TV when and where I want to. And it's it just works so well. I tried for about two weeks to use the cable company's DVR when I switched to HD. And within two weeks, I was out there and bought a TiVo HD because I just couldn't stand the interface that the cable company had. TiVo yeah. does it well. They really they do. do. And Media Centers has a lot of that functionality. Yeah. No, they do do it well. And then I think you're going to see some of that show up. In uh, Xbox One, and, I agree. And it, it Xbox One, a, Xbox One's eventually going to be Windows 10, right? So yeah. if, yeah. if yeah. Media All Center sudden, is a, you know, could that functionality even come from Media Center? Maybe, maybe that's where it comes well, from. Well, which why I don't think the guide data ever goes away in the current Media Center because I think that'll just use no, because that you'll same just start guide. using Xbox Ones, which right. it has guide data. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yep. So I just I think that continues on, and they've been kind enough not to cut it off. Uh, at least keep so the too. users right. I mean, that's really that was good of them not to, because they could have. They, they could. They, they could easily. They could have been switch. like, yeah, that's kicking a guy when he's down. It's <laughs> cut the guy date off, and call it good. And so uh, it's it's well, it, it'd be interesting. Like you said, I think interesting times. And I think for if you're a new listener to Home Gadget Geeks, we've uh, of course you can catch Rich every single well every other week, right? Is is observed. I, I try to do week? every week. I, I really do. Sometimes the schedule gets away from me, but typically it's usually a Sunday or Monday I'll record Observe Tech talking yeah, about the highlights of the last week. That's Rich just kicking it and getting it in, and 35, 40 minutes you get all the news that you need, and so head over to uh, Windows Observer. That's where you can get signed up for that yeah. as well. Of course, Super Site for Windows, we talked about that. You're writing out there, so we want to yeah. remind folks to go out there as well. I will remind folks, if you, and I'll say thank you, for using the Average Guy Tech Scholarship Fund out at Amazon. So if you go to the averageguy.tv slash Amazon, if you use that before you purchase, of course, our network benefits, and we're able to upgrade equipment and get better stuff. In fact, Ken was asking me about... Uh, uh, Rich, I spilled water on. I have an Alesis Multimix 8 that runs mm-hmm. the Average Guy Network. And the other day I was messing around. I was actually on Periscope. And I was messing around and I spilled a whole glass of water on my Multimix 8. And it's Yikes. done. Right? It's done. It's gone. I thought maybe I could save it, but it. We did the podcast with it last week, and there were some odd crackles in there, and I thought, okay, it's, I can't be, ever be trusted again. And so <laughs> I just picked up the, the Mackie 8 version of that. So I, I think it's a Pro 8 or something like that, the Mackie mm-hmm. board. I'm going to give that a try. $179 on Amazon. If you're thinking about getting a mixer, that's the Mackie's a little bit. These Multimix 8s I've got for as little as $99, bucks, the, normally about $129. The Mackie's a little more durable of a product if you're thinking about uh, getting it in mixers, and unless you're going to 
podcast. There's no need to have a mixer. Right. And even as right. a podcast, they make some great really Blue makes some great microphones just so you can plug straight into your computer. Yeah, no. And so the ATR2100 as well, USB driven, it goes right into the computer and you've got some great options. But so that'll be coming in, but I'll remind you the Tech Scholarship Fund allows us to make upgrades as well as provide things. If you want to test something or try something, you let me know. We'll buy it for you, ship it to you. You test it, write it up or come on the show and uh, and we'll talk about it. And now we then you can keep it and you don't have to feel like you have to be nice to the vendor. Right? That's the worst part yep. about getting stuff. I just picked up a whole bunch of gear from uh, Tech Armor. I don't know if you've ever heard of those guys. No. But uh, Tech Armor, right here, I'll put that up there. Tech oh, yeah, Armor okay, I know that logo, yeah. They sent me a braided, uh, I'll try to do this without spilling any water on anything. So they sent me a really nice braided uh, lightning cable to give them a try. A new case for my, uh, here, we'll take this off. A new a case for the iPhone that's on there to protect it from that. I don't like it as much because it's kind of slick, but it looks mm. cool, right? I yeah. had been using this Tech 21 uh, case, which is a little more grippy on that, and so I'll be doing a write-up on this, as well as, what else? Is, oh, a screen cover. And so everyone, you know, they send it to me, hey, would you test it right up about it? So we're doing that. But I'd love to send you stuff. You too, Rich, if you want to do it. But you've got enough gadgets. You, you test it, you try it, and uh, we'll put it here on the site. That's the, that's what uh, the benefit of using the Tech Scholarship Fund. AverageGuy.tv slash Amazon. Don't forget to go on the site and sign up for the newsletter. Don't forget if you're an aspiring podcaster, you think you want to podcast, you're thinking about podcasting, Dave Jackson and myself ask the podcast coach every Saturday morning. Great show. 930 Great Central. Show. Thank you. We enjoy it. It's a blast. Call in. You can call in your questions if you want. Dave and I just have a blast. So that's one of my very, very fun podcasts to do each week. I'll actually... I'm not going to lie. All of them are a lot of fun. So I, I, I enjoy that as well. Um, and so we will be back here. I had some phone uh, calls that I'm going to hold because we just went a little bit long. So we'll do those next week. Addie's coming on the program next week. We're going to talk about WordPress. And actually, I had one of my WordPress sites get compromised this week. Did you? And uh, Christian had to shut it off, and we had to blow it away. So the theme wow. looks like today the theme let someone in. Mm -hmm. um, it was an older theme. I hadn't updated it in a while, and we cannot. And, and so Christian detected it, locked it down, and then we just blasted it. And yeah. all my backups Usually were the best way. It's, it's horrible mm. when you got to do it, but usually the best way. Hey, know. by the way, WordPress, real quick, did you yeah. know that there is a plugin out there that will allow you to grab and access OneNote pages and, and bring them and import them into a WordPress post? Really? Yeah. Interesting. You'll have to. What, they, you know? they're, the, the team there is working on a, the API team for OneNote is working on a tool. I'm testing it. You have to set your site up as an application through Microsoft, right? But it will allow you to reach in and grab, and it will import pictures. It'll import the text. It'll. It, I'm. I love Windows Live Writer. Windows Live Writer is a great tool. Most bloggers know about it, yeah, and it's, they're working. Scott Hanselman's trying to get that open source, but OneNote might be. I don't think it's a perfect replacement, but, but it gets data there and lets you work with it. But just something. Okay. To, I, I'll have to send you the link to the uh, the yeah. plugin because the plugin's public. So it's kind of cool to play with something yeah, different. Yeah, no, I love be interesting. One We're going to talk about WordPress up. next week, and cool. so if you're interested, Daddy's going to come on. I'm, I'll share my story about because uh, we just nuked the site. I mean, it's gone. Database is gone. It's completely clean. Yeah. 
I, I actually went to the Wayback Machine to get the pages so that I could ah. read. Because I got now uh, the fortunate thing was not a very active site, not a lot, really just one page, um, and it, it had some audio files on it, like a podcast, not even a feed in it. So pretty easy to put back together. One of the things I told Christian, you know, if it had been the Average Guy TV, I would have said. Oh. <laughs> Let's hold on here to this thing. And uh, it has given me a little second thought about hardening some of those. Christian's going to harden a few things up on that side. I'm going to harden a few things up on the WordPress side. I scanned all the other sites. Everything looks great. I just think it was, I think someone snuck in through the theme. And so um, we'll talk about WordPress uh, next week. We've got the guys from Clamor coming on the week after that. We just have a lot of things for you coming on. You want to join us live, 8 p.m. Eastern, 9, no, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern out here at theaverageguy.tv live every single Thursday, just about every single one, except maybe one in July when I take some vacation. Rich, thanks for coming out tonight. Great to have you. Appreciate it. And we'll be back next week with another Home Gadget Geeks. Good night, everybody. <laughs>